Hello, everybody here. I need a little soundtrack to clap. There we go. Thanks. All right. It's good to have our online visitors with us today. Um, by the way, uh, I do, I'm going to be asking questions today, and I would love to hear from some of you online. So if you're watching, uh, we would love it to have some of you type a few questions. Uh, Jasmine's here, and she might, she might actually monitor that, because um, we got a lot of good stuff we're going to talk about today. A lot, of, lot, a lot of questions are going to be asking today. We're going to come back to this little slide right here, but let me get to my intro. The, the topic tonight, clearing up speaking in tongues... Uh, misconceptions. And just to show you, there, there are quite a few, but we're just going to do primarily three that we're going to cover tonight. If you speak in tongues, you must have an interpretation. Tongues are not for everyone. We shouldn't speak in tongues around others, especially non-believers. All right, has anybody heard, heard those before? You've heard those, those, those mentioned uh, before. So, the topic tonight is I wanted to go over, I wanted to go over these, and uh, just a little background. Um, praying in tongues, prayer language, that's a pretty big deal to me if you haven't figured it out. <laughs> Pam knows. It's a huge deal to me. Um, it, it, it changed my life. November 2nd, 2nd, 1989 was when I received my prayer language, and, and I wouldn't be sitting in this room if I didn't have a prayer language. I wouldn't have the career I have. I wouldn't have the amazing wife that I have over here <laughs> if I didn't have my, my, my prayer language. It changed me. Amazing. And I want that for others. I want not only to have it, but to use it and have the freedom to use it. And I've gotten very frustrated over the years because this unfortunately has become a rather divisive topic. Um, it's, it's, been, um, it's been one that I know people have for whatever reason, have tried to squelch this, the, the, the call the tongue squelchers. I've met them over the years. I've met a number of them. And, and, I, and I don't want to be divisive as well, but I want to, be, I want to bring freedom. And, and one of the reasons I have this very message is years ago I was attending another church, a church that's not, not in existence, just, but I was at this other church, and an associate pastor uh, got up on a Wednesday night, and he was notorious, one of those that wanted to just try to min minimize uh, the use of tongues. And he got up, and he went through 1 Corinthians 14 and gave the most discouraging message. And I didn't have as much knowledge as I had now as I sat through there, but I was so frustrated. I was heartbroken as I look around the room. There was a lot of young people there that night. And it really frustrated me, really heartbroken. I was heartbroken by it. And I, and I remember I go up afterwards, and, and I tried to share a few things with him, and he says this. I'll never forget this. He said, well, Jeff, you know, sometimes people will take Scripture and twist it into what they want it to say. And I thought, I thought two things. I thought, well, I do feel like you did that, <laughs> number one. But number two, I said, I don't want to do that. And I stopped talking right there. And I went, and I have prayed. I fasted over this topic. I researched and read, read scripture and prayed, read scripture and prayed. Occasionally I would look at commentary from people, <laughs> but it's an unbelievable amount of comment. I spent most of my time praying and fasting, and I learned so much um, from that. And I put this message together. Um, the last time I taught, I taught on uh, prayer topics. Well, afterwards I thought, okay, I better be ready. <laughs> so I, I prayed, God, what's the next topic? And I felt like he said this one. Um, is one I already had. Uh, I had a longer version online, so I got it ready. Well, the other day, you know, just yesterday, Pastor Kevin's like, hey, can you go? And I'm like, "I must be time. I thought, God's going to have his timing. And I really felt like this was a good timing. A couple reasons, you know, we had a tongue and interpretation a few months back in our church. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Pastor got up and, and encouraged everybody, he said, and he said, this is the first time I think he did that. If you have a prayer language, pray in your prayer language. And I remember him saying that was probably the first time he had done that. And so I thought, okay, this might be why this might be a good time to cover these topics. Especially if, if, if it hasn't really been covered. And again, I want to encourage people. I want to remove this, 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 these, these distractions, okay? You know, you must, there must be an interpretation. We've all heard that, right? There must be an interpretation. Have you ever thought why? This is one of those quizzes. I want to hear the answer. Believe it or not, it was profound the day I figured out why 
it was rather profound. And later we're going to come back to that. But if you're not if you're not sure, think about that one and see if you can kind of figure it out as we're going along. Anyway, those are some of the misconceptions we we want to we want to clear up. And I just felt like that was what the Lord said. And it was hard for Pam and I because we're like, man, I have been talking about this a lot lately. <laughs> The other day, uh, the, the, the class on Sunday morning, the next steps, I talked about it there, and I told Pam, like, oh, great, here we are again. But, you know, if that's what the Lord wants, uh, we're going to go with that. So this is what, I, from all my prayer, all my studying, I realized that there were three keys to discerning truth in Scripture. One, fer- fervent God-change-me prayer. Two is context. And three is interpret Scripture with Scripture. These were so this is what came out out of it, along with what I learned. First one is fervent, broad, God changed me prayer. And I want everybody to do that. Now, if you're watching online, you've got to do this. Okay, and I'm going to pray right now. Let's just, let's just all pray. And God, I pray again. Again, God, take away my preconceived notions of this topic. Lead me on what is true. I, 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 want, to, I want to scrap everything, and I want to know what's true. And even, God, as I present this, change me. If I'm about to say something that's wrong, change me. I want to know what's right, and I want to deliver it right. Heavenly Father, and I pray for everybody here the same thing. Ears open to hear this truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Context is key because anytime you're anybody that tells you, if you're going to study Scripture and get it right, you've got to get it in context. You can't just take three words out. You know, as I was listening to that message of discouraging people, it was like you could take these three words and go, yeah, if you emphasize those three words, sure, it sounds like that. Let's back up a bit and get it in context. Um, context is also an interesting topic that will come up in just a minute. We're going to talk about context in another way, so that's, that's important. Number three was interpret Scripture with Scripture. Has anybody ever heard that, that said? That's so important. What that says is, hey, there's another passage over here. There's these Scriptures over here. If, if I have five scriptures that are saying this and they seem to go lean me this way, then maybe that those three words weren't really the best interpretation. What does the rest of the Bible say? Not only context here, but what does the whole Bible say? This was a very important one, and the message I made online, I went to this a lot more depth, but I don't really have time to do that tonight. I had to shorten this up tonight. So in the end, I learned a lot, and that's why I had this at the very beginning. I want to throw it up again, and we're going to throw it up at the end. Three phrases. If you can memorize these three phrases, ask the question, who's the audience? The prayer language does not require an interpretation. If you heard me talk the last few weeks, you heard me say that. I made you all say it, okay? Hey, review is good. This last one, think bilingual, and I'm going to add to that later, okay? I'm going to add to that phrase later. But these are three phrases. If you get these phrases in your head, you get the concept behind them, they're going to help a lot. And, and, and listen, this is so important because in this church, we want to use, we want to allow the gifts. But I believe in order to do that, we need to help people. And I, I, we need a lot of people to have this knowledge, And I really, please, please, please get this knowledge so that when you're talking to people, if it comes up, we can educate. And the more we get people educated, the less this can be an issue for us, the less we have to back off. I feel like there's a lot of, well, we don't know, let's not do it it wrong, so let's just back off on it altogether. No, let's get ourselves educated. So so please, I encourage you, (laughs) get this in your head so that you can really communicate this well. All right, so let's dive in. First topic is, as I mentioned, there are two, I mentioned this last week, last time, I'm going to say it again, this is so important, this is a vital concept to understand. There are two primary versions of tongues, okay? By the way, everybody go, get your Bible and go to 1 Corinthians 14, we're going to be sitting there mostly, I have another verse here, but go ahead and go to 14, but there are two primary versions of tongues. I'm just going to go over it briefly. The first one is the message in tongues. It is one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. Those are out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10 and verse 30 are the verses I reference here. Okay, It's one of the nine gifts along with interpretation. And Paul says these words, do all speak in tongues, implying not everybody moves in the gift of speaking in tongues. I've never moved in the gift of speaking in tongues. I pray in tongues a lot. I've never moved in the gift of speaking in tongues. Okay, that's one version. The other version is praying in tongues. This comes out of 1 Corinthians 14, 5, 14, and 18. Okay, he says this. When I pray, Paul says these words. When I pray in a spirit, my spirit prays. 
Did you hear that right? Let's hear it again. When I pray in the tongue, when I pray in tongues, my spirit prays. He actually used the words praying in tongues. It's also called praying in the spirit or prayer language. Okay? And he asked this question. I said, I wish that you all did. Well, wait a second. He said, not everybody does. Then later he says, I wish you all did. Unfortunately, Paul will switch back and forth between the two and is not very clear. <laughs> How do you figure out which one he's talking about? Context. We're going to get back to that. You know, he even says those words, I thank God I do more than all of you, okay? So he doesn't always distinguish those, and we have to figure those out. And we're going to do that in just a minute. I'm going to ask you questions, see if you figure out which one it is, okay? Um, by the way, there's a, another third version of tongues you might have heard is sometimes God uses that to just speak to foreigners. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard stories like that. There's kind of cool stories. That was just a, a third version. But primarily, we're going to focus on these these three. I can't move my hand out too far, Jasmine. I have a <laughs> inside joke. Okay, why does it matter that there are two versions? Huge issue. Very important. Um, they have a different audience. God, other people. Okay, if you were here the last time I taught, we went over that a lot. God, other people. They have a different purpose. Other people, it's for instruction. God, it's for prayer. Therefore, each will have different rules, guidance, and principles. Do not mix the rules. Do you remember, Trump remembers, I talked about pneumatic uh, impact wrenches, right? You got a pneumatic and you got a power wrench. And don't plug in your pneumatic wrench into a power <laughs> socket, right? It's not good. Bad things happen right there. <laughs> Bad things happen if you do that. Bad things happen if you mix these Ver the rules. Bad things happen and people get confused, okay? Um, this can clear, if you just get this concept, we just cleared up a whole lot, okay? Things like, well, if you're speaking tongues, there must be an interpretation. Mm. Well, hold on, which version are you talking about? All right, tongues aren't for everyone. Well, the message in tongues isn't, but praying in tongues is. Do you see what I mean? Once you recognize and acknowledge that there's two versions, we just cleared up two on our list, <laughs> okay? And then the first one will clear up a little bit more. We're going to go in a lot more detail. That clears up so much, you know. Um, one of those, those, those tongue squelchers, I remember we having this discussion, and he's like, well, there are, that's just one of the eight, nine gifts. There are eight others. And I thought, I think he said that not so much like he was worried about those eight others. He was just trying to sway the conversation somewhere else. When I'm thinking, this is good, we need to talk about this. And if I would have thought about it, I said, yes, but we're not talking about the message of tongues. We're talking about prayer language. We want to encourage people to receive their prayer language. So it helps. Keep this in mind. As you're talking to people, ask, that, you know, ask those questions. In fact... To help you, I have a grid, okay? You memorize this grid. Last time I just talked about it, but if you could memorize this grid, okay? Along the top, we've got the two versions of tongues, the message in tongues and the prayer language. Along the left side, context or audience, okay? We'll get to the last row in just a minute. So context, there's two contexts, instruction and revelation or prayer and worship. Okay, there's two audiences, other people or God. Okay, so I, I, I had this quiz. Let's, let's, let's do a quiz now. Okay, if I say the context is prayer, who's the audience? <laughs> okay, that was patronizing, wasn't it? <laughs> Pretty simple, right? If, if it's instruction and revelation, the context is others. Okay, let me give you another one that's not up there. Um, edification and comfort. Who's the audience? Others, other people. Yes, other people. Uh, Thanksgiving is God. Yeah, we're giving thanks to God. So you see, you know, when you're talking to somebody and they say, well, shouldn't it be this or isn't this right? Well, stop and say, well, wait a minute, who's the audience? That's why I said that question is so important. Well, the pastor got up and he prayed in tongues and there was no interpretation. Oh, well, who was the audience? God, because he was praying, okay? That's so key. <laughs> I know it sounds simple, but memorize the diagram there, okay? And now along the, long, along the bottom there, 
uh, in, in a message in tongues is given to people, yes, their needs, their interpretation is required. Okay, when God is the audience, an interpretation is not required. Okay, now you notice I have a little asterisk there. <laughs> this is interesting though because occasionally it is possible to get an, an interpretation for your prayer language. We're going to see that later when we get to 1 Corinthians 14, thir uh, 13 and 14. Okay. All right, from that, now we go back to that question is so important. I, when we get into Scripture, look for who's the audience, or the other one is who, who, what's the context, okay? If you're watching online, get ready, because we're going to do a quiz, all right? We're going to jump into, if you have your Bibles open, by the way, just a quick question. Uh, there are two versions. Is it possible for people to confuse the two? Yes, I get nods. This is going well. <laughs> All right. Yes, it is. We're going to get back to that. Okay, quiz time. 1 Corinthians 14, hopefully you're there. Jump to verse 26. We're going to cover three verses here. These three verses so clear up so much. All right. The, just If you just get, as I studied, as I said, I had to read and pray and read and pray, and so much came out of these, these three verses. Okay, so I'm going to ask you the question, what's the context in just a second here? All right, let's start with verse 26. What shall we say then, brothers or sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn, a word of instruction, revelation, a tongue interpretation. Everything must be done so the church may be edified. All right, um, anybody, had, anybody, anybody online? Jazzy, are you checking? Anybody answer? No yet? I'm talking. To, hey, I would love it, by the way. I know. Um, that's okay. All right. In the, what's, the, what's the context? Okay, what's the audience? All right, the audience, other people. The context is instruction or revelation. Okay, and that's right. You might not have remembered what those were. Well, you see it right there, the word instruction and revelation. It's right there. He said, when we come. He said, the word edify is right there. Okay. Uh, the hymn one might have thrown us a little bit because some churches sing hymns. You know what I think that really was? Was probably a Sister Sally had a special song, <laughs> you know. And it even says later, you know, one at a time, take turns. Later he says, if you're prophesying and one's prophesying and the other starts, that one should stop. I picture it more like Sister Sally had a special song. And she wanted to sing it and we all listened to the song. And then, okay, now a revelation and now an instruction, okay. That's, we got it. That's the context. Now we're ready for verse 27. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three, what well, was it, two or three? Paul, don't leave us hanging like that. I mean, we like concrete numbers. That way the tongue cops can go around and say, oh, you had four, that was wrong. You know, wait a second. Maybe he's not so rigid. <laughs> two or three is kind of a guideline. Interesting concept, okay? One at a time. Tongues are supposed to be given one at a time. Interesting concept there, okay? And, oh, there's those three words, someone must interpret. We've scribbled that on our club and walked around and, you know, all right. Hmm, have you ever thought of, have you figured out why? I've asked that question. Be pondering. Yes, we've heard that. Why? Well, let's move on, all right? All right, verse 28. This is so good. This is the most important verse in, in this chapter, Okay? If there is no interpreter, the speaker should be taken outside, flogged, taught never do that again, right? No, 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 no. The speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and God. Now, I heard, you know, be quiet. You know, you pound those two words, be quiet. Those, were, those two words were pounded. Well, wait a second. How do you be, keep quiet and speak? Because he said both. Keep quiet in the church and speak. Does anybody know how to do that? Does anybody know how to keep quiet and speak? How do you do that? Anybody? You whisper. <laughs> and he basically said, just, just continue. Isn't that interesting? Paul didn't say, stop it. He said, keep going. Just, you know, keep it to yourself and to God. All right? He did not say, stop. Okay? That was so good. What a revelation there. Okay, here's a quiz. Verse 28, what's the context? Verse 28, what's the context? What, who's the audience? In verse 28, if there's no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and 
God. God is the audience. The context switched. Paul said the problem, okay, there was no interpretation. You could either fault the fact that there was no interpretation or fault the fact that the context was wrong. You, you had the wrong, he just told that person, okay, you got excited, great, but that ended up being just your prayer language, so just switch your audience to God. Does that make sense? Are you wanting to raise your hand? Are you wanting to say something? It was very good. He said there was no interpretation. There was no benefit of the church. Just switches to just do, just pray. How simple. We, we have this club that says there must be an interpretation. And, and, and all Paul is doing, I, I liken it this way. When I taught my kids how to drive a car, I taught them, okay, what do you do if you go off the road into gravel? Okay, you're cruising down a country road. If you're on a country road at 45 miles an hour, you get into gravel. Yank the wheel right now. Get out. That was so wrong. No, I was like, no, 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 ease. <laughs> Y'all know. And I taught them. I actually made them go off the road because there's value in them learning what that feels like and ease back on. That's what I picture Paul doing. This wasn't take them out and beat them. That was wrong. He's like, okay, hey, this is what we're going to do. And then when this happens, just do this. That is so simple. It blows me away how simple this was and as, I, as I studied that. Also, keep in mind that no interpretation was needed in verse 28. He said, yeah, you can keep going and you don't have to interpret. Because guess what? The prayer language does not require an interpretation. There's your verse right there if you're wondering about that. The prayer language doesn't need an interpretation. Okay? All right. Uh, quiz now. Someone answer the question when it says, someone must interpret. Why should there be an interpretation? Anybody want to throw out an answer? Causes confusion. There's no purpose served. That was good. Because, picture this. There's a tongue, an interpretation, you know, a great revelation. Okay, somebody gives a tongue. We all wait for the tongue. We wait for interpretation. Nothing happened. Well, gosh, we could have listened to another song from Sister Sally. <laughs> right? Go ahead, Jasmine. Okay, and that's good, too. The, the interpretation can help bring a revelation that, that, hey, this was from God. We can all... You know, listen to that, learn from that, value from it. Right. Anytime there is a message, he has an intent. But this wasn't a message. Again, remember when I said that it's possible for people to make a mistake. And, and, and this is really, this can happen because we, we make mistakes with the gifts. So I just might have my own prayer language, and I might just get really inspired and feel the Holy Spirit and feel like, hey, I need to give out a message. Well, it wasn't a message in tongues. The problem was that it wasn't a message in tongues. So we waited for an interpretation. There was an interpretation. Okay, well, that's okay. Well, let's just move on. What was so bad? Well, it wasn't so bad. We just kind of paused for a minute, and we could have gone on to something other thing, you know, another song, another revelation. Okay, everybody say these words. Time better spent. That's it. That was my profound revelation. <laughs> it wasn't, it, the answer wasn't profound. It was just profound that I finally figured that out. <laughs> okay, that is so simple. We're going to come into another verse. And I, I found that out by interpreting Scripture with Scripture. There was actually another verse that led me to that answer. And we're going to get to that in just a minute. But a couple other things I want, to, I want to know here. As I said, interpretation was not needed. Also, here's another question. When a church comes together, are there unbelievers there? Yes. Okay. Are tongues and interpretation allowed in front of other believers? Yes. Are there, were there, are there unbelievers in a church? Yes. Are tongues and interpretation allowed for unbelievers in a church? Yes. If I say that my kids can have cake and ice cream and somebody comes up and says, 
can they have ice cream? Uh, uh, yes, they can have cake and ice cream. Can they have it? Yeah, they can have ice cream. Okay. Unbelievers can be around tongues. Did we get that? <laughs> it's a pretty simple concept. Um, and we're going to see more. We'll see more of that. But that was another thing as I sat there and thought, well, we know he's, there's unbelievers there. We know that tongues and interpretation are allowed in front of unbelievers. Then they, they overheard tongues. There was that. Remember one of the misconceptions is they, you know, this crazy thought. Maybe you've heard it. I've heard it. Maybe you haven't heard it. But, you know, they just, they can't, they shouldn't overhear. You know, you shouldn't do that around unbelievers. Yes, you can speak in tongues around other believers. Well, what about a tongues without interpretation? Well, it'd be better if we had something else instead. Uh, but why is that so bad? Well, because the unbeliever what? The problem wasn't the... Remember what we said about the problem of that there was an interpretation? Well, it was just that somebody got a little excited. Okay? Let me say this. We want this problem. Okay? We, we, we want, I, I welcome this problem. Have you ever, anybody know Mario Andretti, the race car driver? Have you ever heard quotes from Mario Andretti? He says things like this. If you're always in control, you're not really racing. <laughs> Does anybody know that thought? Okay, when I go skiing, I go skiing and I, I fall when I ski. Because if I'm not falling, I'm not really skiing. We went ice skating the other day down in Prattville. I told Pam, I'm like, I'm going to get out there. I'm like, if I'm not falling, I'm not really skating. Okay? If we don't occasionally have, if we don't have tongues, if we're going to have regular tongues and interpretation, we might occasionally have this problem. Paul says, hey, if you've got that problem, it's kind of like you steered off the road. Here's how you get back on. Hey, great. We've never had that problem. I, I want this problem. Okay? It's okay to have, Paul's giving us guidelines. Let's start having more of those. We know what to do with them. I think we have the other problem, okay? So, okay, that was a lot. That was a lot in three verses, okay? In fact, we learned a lot. We could review. I'm better, oh my gosh, I better go quick. Okay, here, here they are. <laughs> I'm sorry, let me just throw them all out there. I kind of talked about them. If you're seeing them online, maybe you can review. Forgive me. Um, but, you know, there's two versions. Context helps. Uh, Non-believers can be around tongues. Two or three. Well, it's kind of a guideline. Paul just gives guidelines. Don't get so rigid with these. Uh, it's possible to make that mistake. We'd love to have that. That's okay. Um, uh, tongues and can be done even while instruction. In other words, if the pastor's up there and I gave the tongue, he's like, well, that wasn't okay. Well, I'm just going to over pray. It's okay to pray while the pastor's up here giving a message just under your breath. Whisper it. That's okay. That's a good thing. Let's do that. Let's, I want to promote tongues. I want to free people up. Um, the prayer language does not require interpretation. Verse 28 said that. And then there's, there's this new concept, time better spent. <laughs> In those quotes I had, now we're going to add that one because it's, so, it's, it's an elegant word, phrase that sums up a lot of this. Okay, so some of those phrases were these, prayer language does not require interpretation. And then I'm adding this other one, time better spent. Nice animation. Hey, let's do another animation. Let's spin it this time. Let's have it bounce in, okay? <laughs> I'm trying to emphasize this one. Wow. When you hear somebody say, well, there needs to be an interpretation. No, the pastor got up and he prayed in tongues and there was no interpretation. Just ask him, oh, why? And see if they can give that answer. Well, you could say, well, first of all, we're talking to God. And second of all, if there was, you know, just, just the question. It's a good, maybe it's a kind of an icebreaker to open them up to say, and, and do this in kindness, okay? We don't want to be the club, okay? In kindness, it might give you an opportunity to say, well, here, there's actually a better reason. In fact, let's get to another passage that really drives this home. Everybody go to verse 6, all right? So now I put these two phrases together, think bilingual, Time better spent. These two phrases are going to come out out of this paragraph right here. Okay? Um, we, bilingual. We just had a, a, uh, a guest speaker Sunday. She's bilingual. She spoke in French, too. Okay? Now, if she were to speak in French for, give us a 45-minute lesson in French, that's probably not the best. Right? Because... We speak English, 
if she's speaking in French and, she, and we don't know French, we don't know what she said, right? You know, it's funny, is like, we so get that, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, so keep that in mind. Real simple concept, right? All right, now let's read this passage. All right, we're going to start with a quiz. Tell me the context. You ready? Here we go. Very first verse, starting in verse 6. Now, brothers, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will I be to you unless I bring you some revelation, knowledge, prophecy, word of instruction? Man, this one was loaded. I hope you can get it. Who's the audience? Other people. Okay. Or because he said, I come to you. Well, there is also the words revelation, instruction. See how these keywords, now that you're seeing these, when you go to read 1 Corinthians 14, what's the context? What's the audience? As soon as you're reading this, get that, okay? He has set the context, other people, okay? All right, let's keep reading. In fact, I'm just going to jump over 7 and 8. He says, okay, it's like a trumpet sound. You need to know what the trumpet sound was. That's how they communicated back then. You know, one blast, one long blast is attack, and, and one short one is, is retreat, and three short ones is we're out of wet wipes. You know, that's, everybody got it, you know? So, okay, he just says, if you're going to communicate, make sure the person hears you okay, right? Okay, pretty simple. Let, he goes on, verse 9. Okay, well, let me say it a little better now, okay? So it is with you, unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you're saying? Are you tracking with me here? Okay, you think Paul's done. He's not done yet. You will just be speaking into the air. Okay, we get it, Paul. Do we get this? It's this simple, folks. I read this over and over, and I'm like, wow, I've made this so complicated before. Verse 10, undoubtedly there are all sorts of languages in the world, yet not one of them was out without meaning. Yes. How about, boy, let's really hit it home, Paul. If then I do not grasp the meaning of someone, what someone is saying, I am a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker is foreigner to me. Yeah, we got it, Paul. We got it at the first verse. Paul, listen to me, is equating speaking in tongues with simply being bilingual. You cannot deny that. <laughs> We, we have spookified tongues. <laughs> Unbelievers can't overhear that. Well, can they overhear French? Yes. Okay, simple. Do, do you, if, reread this paragraph again and again if you don't get that concept. Wow. I, it was so great that we had this guest speaker because she so demonstrated exactly what I, when I teach this lesson, I'm like, Let's say, for example, we had a guest speaker come in front of us, and she got up there, and English wasn't her best language, and maybe greeted us in another lang in their language. Would that be bothered by that? No, you know. What if they What if they needed to pray, and they? I literally, this has been part of my message. It just happened Sunday. What if they got up and said, "Okay, I, I need to pray. Do you mind if I pray in my native language?" Blew me away. She just did my <laughs> demonstration. Do you remember that? And most of us said, yeah, go ahead. And so she prayed. Why, why did we want her to? Why, why did we want, yes, please do. She felt more comfortable with that. She, we wanted her to pray. <laughs> we want her to be effective in prayer. Do we want to sit here and watch you? Okay, we're going to sit there and watch. No, what, we, what would, should we have done? <laughs> pray also? Beautiful. Her audience, the context, very good, was God. The context was prayer. In that case, we were all good with it. Now, now I thought about this, though. I thought, well, she did ask the question. There are valid times to pray in English. And let me say this. Let me give you examples. Veterans Day, Mother's Day. Sometimes we have people that say, hey, let's get up and let's pray for our veterans. That's a good one to do in English. Okay. There, there is value, and this is as I'm learning what Paul's saying. He says, you know what? It's, it's interesting. He gives a little example here, and he kind of gives an example. He doesn't just give hard, this is the answer. 
Otherwise, this whole chapter would have been a lot shorter. He's kind of giving you some guidelines. I, I do want to say, sometimes you know, prayer language can be okay, but sometimes I think it can be beneficial for other people to say, you know, like that. We're going to pray for the mothers. That would be a case where it would be better in English. You know, for her, if she felt like praying in English, it would have been a little more difficult for her, but, but she might have done that. That was what was beautiful about that example, is it, is it highlighted that. It shows, okay, I think we would rather you pray, we'll pray. If you felt like doing it in English, your prayer might not have been as good, but we know we would have heard it at least. We might have benefited from it. Wow, it was a really simple concept. Think bilingual. That's, that's what I'm saying. When it comes to speaking in tongues, Paul just gave you an entire paragraph where he equated it with bilingual. From now on, whenever somebody throws out, well, well, what about that? Well, just think, okay, what if that was a bilingual situation? Okay, what if she would have spoke for 45 minutes? You know, well, that would have been not best use of our time, okay? Okay, so I want to highlight two phrases out of this. As I studied this passage, all the more, if you can see it, I don't know if you can see it in yellow. Now, brothers, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will I be to you? Well, you'll, if I go to somebody, they spoke in tongues and, well, it's bad, you know. Well, it's not really bad, it's just, what will I be good to you, okay? Do you remember the time better spent? That phrase supports the concept of it's just, you know, time be- there's time better spent. Wow, <laughs> profound. It was profound to me, <laughs> okay? Wow. How about this other one? You will just be speaking into the air. Is yes, okay. I remember my that that tongue squelcher message. He's like, well, you know, if your if your if your pastor up there is praying and you're going to pray in tongues, you know, make sure you hold the mic over here so nobody hears you. And I'm thinking, is is the issue whether they heard them? What if what if he would have just you know? Is that okay to just you know if I'm talking to you and I. If I just stop for a minute and I look up and I keep talking to you, that was okay, right? I'm looking into the air. <laughs> Is it okay to take a moment and look into the air? Yes, okay. How about for 45 minutes? No, that's, you know, 45 minutes, maybe not so, all right? Why do I say 45 minutes? Hold on to that thought, okay? There's a specific reason. Okay, so what would Paul say? To, to somebody, if, if, if their guest speaker got up and speak for 45 minutes, what would Paul say to her? He would say, you know what, if it were me, I would rather say love God and love others than to go for 45 minutes in French. That's what Paul would have said. That's what he would have said. I can tell you that's what he would have said because he said that. He said that in verse 18 and 19. Look at this verse, okay? Verse 18, I thank God I speak tongues in more than all of you, but have you ever heard this verse quoted? This is another one of those clubs, okay? But in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. So, so see the words in the church. That means, and this is what I heard that night, that means Paul only prays in tongues at home. Okay, so... If Paul's up there preaching and he decides he needs to pray and he runs out of the building and somebody says, what are you doing? Well, he's praying in tongues. In the church? No, he went home. Okay, so we'll wait for him for 45 minutes. And is that, was the problem in the church? As I studied that, that wasn't the problem. There's another problem here. Let's, let's see if we can get it. First of all, let's ask the context. <laughs> Question here. You know what I'm going to ask. What's the audience or what's the context? Anybody? What's the audience? Others, other people. He says, in the church, I would rather speak five intelligent words to instruct others. There's your keyword. Remember, look for keywords, you'll get the context. Or you'll, you'll see the keyword of the audience, or you'll see word of key. Search for those. The context is instruction. In that context, he says, I would rather speak five, you know, love God and love others than 10,000 words in a tongue. How long do you think it would take to speak 10,000 words? Guess? 45 minutes. Thank you. <laughs> Beautiful. You guys are paying attention. Yes. You know these questions are coming up. I, I looked that up. That's about 45 minutes. I'm like, well, wait a second. 
was the problem in or out of the church? No, the problem was the 45 minutes. Time better spent. Makes so much more sense. Remember when I said interpret scripture with scripture? I read this whole paragraph where he went on about time better spent. Then when I went to this verse, I'm like, oh my gosh, that so makes more sense. <laughs> when I see that's what he's saying. You know what's also interesting about this? Is speaking in tongues in church is okay. It's a good thing, okay? If you're going to compare five of this versus 10,000 of this, they both have value. He is saying here that speaking in tongues in church has value. Otherwise, this comparison doesn't work, okay? If I were to say, I would rather give my wife a kiss than slap her 10,000 times, you'd be like, well, first we have to have a talk with you, but <laughs> you'd be like, that comparison doesn't work. Like, how about don't slap her? Well, maybe a little pat on the back. That's not no, that's a that's a good thing. It's not bad. That's a good thing. I if I would rather give her a kiss and you know pat her on the back ten thousand times. That comparison makes sense. When Paul says, I would rather, by the way, that's a guideline. Remember when I said what would he say to the lady? He would say, If it were me, <laughs> wow, even those words. He's taking this whole chapter and he's trying to give you, okay, he's trying to give you what to do here and what to do there. There aren't hard rules necessarily. And that's so refreshing to say, okay, I'm getting this. Sometimes it may be okay to speak in tongues. In fact, I love it when I hear a pastor preaching and if he stops for just a few minutes and prays in tongues, I'm like, thank you. Get, get a little connection with God. I, I, I want that. Okay, And according to this scripture, that's actually a good thing. It's the 45 minutes, you know, <laughs> we saw so much, but in a small amount, while a preacher is preaching. And so again, when you hear, I heard a preacher talking and then he spoke in tongues for, you know, 20 seconds and there was no interpretation. Why was that bad that there was no interpretation? He was praying. Thank you. He then went on and I bet maybe the, his prayer is his preaching after that might have been better. <laughs> That was great. That was a good thing. We want to promote good things. So, um, <clears throat> all right. So, again, here's these concepts. Think bilingual or, or time better spent. Okay, how am I doing on time? Oh, i got to keep moving. Okay, we got another section. Get ready for this one, all right? 16 and 17. Uh, he says this, these, these verses. Let me just start in 16. Um, you've probably heard this one. Maybe you've heard this one before. So this is one that needed to be digested. I went through the other ones because they were easy. This one gets a little more difficult. The next one's even more challenging than this, but we're equipped a little better when we come into this one. Okay. Otherwise, how will an uninformed person say amen after you giving thanks? He's talking about tongues. Since he does not know what you are saying, to be sure you are giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not being built up. Or edified. Some verses say edified, or other verses built up. And, and you know, the, the club that day was, see, you can't have you being edified and a person, another person not being edified. So you need to stop. And because it's all about getting, you know, we want everybody edified. Um, before I actually get into this, to me, I always had a trouble with that balance. You know, we don't want to have somebody too, so much too much and not something else. And I think, well, at least something good versus nothing is better. If I'm at the gym and I'm really working hard and somebody else doesn't quite know how to use the equipment, well, you both need to quit because we can't have one person. <laughs> that was, the, unfortunately, that's what this becomes. Let's just, let's just quit it. We don't want to have somebody edified and somebody not. Just quit it all. I've heard that and it, it frustrates me. <laughs> So instead, what I do is I say, let me study this. In fact, remember we said context is key? Sometimes you've got to back up a few verses to get the context. So that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to back up a little bit, and we're going to get the, the, the context of what he's saying, not just the context of, by the way, uh, context of order of a service and the, the audience. Has anybody, anybody thought that through yet? Because you know I was going to ask that question. If not, all right, think about it. We'll come back to it. Okay, so I want to back up and start in verse 12. So verse, starting in verse 12, it says this. So also with you, since you are eager for spiritual gifts, seek to use them abundantly in a way that will build up the church. We want to edify people. We want to build people up. He said, okay, great. You want to, you want to 
you know, operating gifts. This is good. Let's do this then. Here's what you do. So, uh, a person who speaks in tongues should pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. Wait a minute. So, anybody who prays in tongues, he's encouraging you might be able to get an interpretation for your tongue. Do you remember that that I said earlier? That uh, the prayer language does not require an interpretation. But it's really cool because he said in some situations you might actually get one. So let's do this. If you want to build up other people, you want to build up a church, you want to use, you know, work in gifts, then try this. As you pray in tongues, see if you can get an interpretation. Well, yes. Um, so what would be done, I will pray with my spirit. I will also pray with my mind or my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, and I will sing with my understanding. Verse 16, otherwise, when you see that word otherwise, He's linked these together. Whenever you see it, therefore, otherwise, then, they, they tie together. You cannot read verse 16 without going back to 12. Otherwise, how will an uninformed person, we're going to come back to what that phrase is in Greek. How will an uninformed person say amen after you giving thanks, and since he does not know what you are saying, to be sure you might be giving thanks well enough, but the other person may not be built up and edified. Okay, Uninformed person. Now, some interpretations, some Bible verses, you know, don't say this right. It's this. Here it is. Here's the Greek word. Idiotes. <laughs> All right? An unlearned, illiterate man as opposed to like an unlearned or educated. Idiotes. Kind of probably like where we got our word idiot. You know, that kind of sounds rude, but he's just saying an uneducated. Or as they say, getting back to that. See right there, it says uninformed. Uninformed what? They're not uninformed and educated on what tongues is. Well, that's different. We, I was always told, well, they don't understand the actual words. No, he's saying they, they may not know, they may not be familiar with that. Well, you could educate them. <laughs> that's, that's actually an answer, okay? Or what Paul suggests, do this. You might be around somebody. When you pray, try to see if you can get an interpretation. In fact, as he said, pray with your spirit, also pray with your mind, engage your mind. I've learned this, that if I engage my mind on a topic, I pray differently as I really focus on that. So if an unbeliever comes in, think about that person and start praying in tongues. Because you might, I've, I've had this, as I focus on a person, sometimes God will lead me a little bit more as I'm talking to the person. Oh, wait, no. If an unbeliever comes in, shut it down. Wait a minute. According to this, I'm thinking, hey, if an unbeliever comes in, start praying in tongues, maybe you'll get something for them. Wow. That is so different. Okay? Yes. And he came across them. That is, Acts chapter 19, he came across those in Ephesians. He instructed them and actually prayed for them, and they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes, so what a difference this makes. Now, after a while, now here's where some guidelines come in. If you're praying for that person for a little bit and you don't get anything, then maybe talk to them. <laughs> okay, this is where I want, I, I want us to be kind hearted. We want to do everything in love, okay? Do not forbid speaking in tongues, but do anything orderly, in, in orderly ways, and do things out of love. Try to get that. If you don't, hey, talk to the person. You know, give them instruction on maybe what tongues is. Well, maybe if they heard tongues first, then you can say, hey, I was just praying in tongues. You know, that's time better spent right here, okay? You want to build, hey, he wasn't built up. So that time could have spent building him up. Okay, try, try praying in tongues, see if you get an interpretation. Okay, if that didn't, try it. If that didn't work, maybe talk to him. Does this not free you up? This freed me up when I read this and started going, oh my gosh, we have so overcomplicated this, and yet it's so simple. So again, think time's better spent. So my answer to that section is, is uh, pray for interpretation or educate the person. The problem was that they were not educated, okay? Okay, we've got to get, I've got to get to the last one. The last one is, is arguably the most confusing of this whole chapter, is this verse right here, uh, verse 23. 
So if the whole church comes together in the same place and all speak in tongues, okay, the whole church comes together, all are speaking in tongues. What's the context? The audience is God. Context is prayer, okay? Okay, so you're all praying in tongues. Great. An uninformed visitor or unbeliever comes in. Won't they say you're out of your mind or in this verse says crazy, all right? Y'all heard this verse. Okay, this is another one of those clubs, okay, that you got to beat people down and say, see, you can't, you shouldn't. Well, how about context? How about interpret Scripture with Scripture? Is that what Paul's really saying? Well, let's back up. We're going to go to, back up to verse 20, starting, let's start in verse 21, okay? He says this, it is written in the law, by different tongues, and this is, this is quoting Isaiah 28, 11 through 12. He's quoting the Old Testament and says, By different tongues and by foreign lips, I will speak to this people. Wow. He is going to let people hear tongues. I will have this happen. I will speak in tongues around people. You know, what's kind of nice is he gave us the benefit of also throwing this, this verse in, which we should imply... But thankfully, he did add this, even so, they will not listen to me, okay? Ezekiel, in chapter 3, Ezekiel told God this. He said, you say to them, thus saith the Lord, whether they hear it or not, or whether they refuse to listen, okay? And he said, and by the way, they're not going to listen. <laughs> this, this, is very, this is very important, okay? I spent a lot of time praying over this section here and saying, What's going on here? What, what, is, what is God doing? Okay, He says, I will do this. And then in verse 23 and verse 22, you see, therefore. See that word, therefore? It's there for a reason, okay? He's tying these two together. Therefore, tongues are a sign meant for unbelievers. That is, ver that is very clear statement was just made, Okay. It will be, I will send this out as a sign. Some of them are going to say you're crazy. Well, then we shouldn't do it. No, I will do that. I want this. I will do that. I will send this out. Will God know? No, we've decided in our church we're not going to do that because they may say you're crazy. I, did I ask you? You're, you know, hold on. Let's not be the Holy Spirit's filter. Wow, that was revelation. When, when Paul said, they may call you crazy, well, was he concerned about them? Well, we don't want people to, to hurt your feelings. Paul? <laughs> I'm sorry, no. He said, I'm a fool. You be a fool. You, if you're persecuted, you are blessed. Jesus says these words, the world will hate you. He says, Paul says these words, the message of the cross is foolishness. To those who are perishing. He said, God delights in the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. No, 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 no. He was not concerned about them being called crazy. Okay? Also, we know by the other verse, unbelievers are allowed to be around tongues. That wasn't the problem. That wasn't the answer. So remember when I said interpret scripture with scripture? This verse, I say for last, because that was the one I had to really study. I have to say, okay, I've got, to, I've got to see what's going on here in the context of everything else that's going on in this chapter. Now, I didn't have time. Oh, my gosh. I didn't have the time to go into it. You know, I'm just going to summarize this. What Paul, immediately after this, he talks about prophecy. There's another theme in this, and I didn't have time for it, and that is this. Tongues are very good. Prophecy is better. That is, a, that is the next, that's a topic for another day, you know, and I think that's a, that's a very important topic, but today this is, was the topic. But it was really good when I read this and I said, yes, tongues are good. You know what? They're going to call you crazy. So here, work on prophecy. Wow. Okay, that made more sense because now he's giving you a reason to say, okay, they're going to call you crazy. Now let's work on prophecy. Wow, that was so good. So I, I, I have to move on. We've got to finish this up. So the answer here was do not be the Holy Spirit's filter. Okay, well, I don't want to, we shouldn't pray in tongues around other people. No, stop that, okay? God does not want you to be the filter, all right? Pray for interpretation or try to move into prophecy or educate the person. Okay, so I got to go quick. Okay, so 
Uh, misconceptions. If you speak in tongues, you must have an interpretation. Okay, we, under, we, we got that one. Tongues not for everyone. I think we got that one. And the last one we spent a lot of time on is that it you know, shouldn't be around other people. Um, no, that's not necessarily the case. Memorize these. Ask the question, who's the audience? Or what's the context? If, when you're talking to somebody, when you're reading scripture, ask that question. Talk them through. In a loving way, talk them through. The, maybe get them thinking. Oh, well, who, who was the pastor talking? You know, he was praying, right? You know, these are the things that I think can, in a, if we do this in a loving way, and again, I so want people equipped because in this church, we may be flowing in this more. We may have more tongues and interpretation, and we're going to have some people asking questions. We don't want to stop. We want to be ready. We want to encourage dialogue. So, so please, you know what? I'm going to end. I have more slides, but I think I really just feel like they'll stop right there. What we're saying is get, please get educated. All right, Jasmine. Okay. This was an interesting question. Um, the enemy can't understand the prayer language, which is one benefit of praying in tongues. Okay? If you give an interpretation, does that give, them into, does that give an advantage, the fact that there was an interpretation made? Very interesting question. I've never had that. Thank you <laughs> for that. Very interesting question. You know what my first thought right of the way is? If God wants it private, he'll keep it private. But if he wants it known, he's going to make it known. And this is where we can trust God. By the way, I love that because this is a segue. That helped me segue into this. I want to get to my last, last slide. Get out there and start praying more, okay? Please do that, okay? Now, for everybody out there, there's two groups. There's the too-muchers and there's the not-enoughers, okay? I don't know if there's many too-muchers. Now, I used to be a too-mucher. Only one time I felt like, you know, okay, that might have been a little too much. But I think most people, 99% of everybody in this is in the not-enoughers, okay? Get out there and pray. And I want to say this last line. Trust the Spirit, I've said this before. When I started going out in public and started praying in tongues with people, I would meet people and I would start praying in tongues. Eight out of ten, eight, nine, ten out of ten times, the Holy Spirit would let me go ahead. Only about 10% of the time, maybe even less, the Holy Spirit will, I'll fill a check. I'm like, okay, not right now. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to people I don't even know, and I say, okay, I'm going to pray, and I start praying in tongues, and the Holy Spirit just starts flowing. But I can tell you a very specific few where God said, okay, don't right now. For that person, two gas stations, one of a family member, and one years ago. You know, it's like, that's how few. There's so few. I say that to say, trust the Holy Spirit. Get out there, start using, start, when you greet people and the store, try it. You'd be surprised. You'd really be surprised. You'd be surprised at how many start joining you. I'll be praying in tongues for somebody I've never met, and I start praying in tongues, and they start praying in tongues with me. That happens a lot, okay? It happens. So, what's that? God has a sense of humor. At the end of that chapter, he says, if, if, if anyone wants to be ignorant, let him stay ignorant. But he also, and, in, and then he says this at the very end, be eager to prophesy. Do not forbid speaking in tongues. Do it in an orderly, fitting way. And in Ephesians, pray in the Spirit on all kinds of prayers and requests. So, so, so get out there. Um, okay, what I'm going to do, Jasmine's probably over there ready. We're going we're gonna to wrap it up, and then maybe we can have a little more dialogue. Um, so appreciate everybody online. Uh, please go out and share. J just share it with others because, again, please, we want to get people educated more and more of us so that we can free people up. All right, so, all right, I don't know if she can hear me or not, but <laughs> I'll just wave and maybe she'll know that was the end. So.